Well, I would just say don't get caught up in predictions. And that's mm -hmm. why I wrote my thing yesterday, yeah. right? So nobody knows what's going to happen yeah. this year. We don't know. But if you, there is a lot of excellent risk versus reward mm -hmm. stocks out there still. Most of the rally, the big rally in December, was the big stocks, yep. especially the big iron ore stocks. Um, so those mid-tier ones and the, the smaller, even to the market cap level, mm -hmm. there's heaps of opportunities. So don't be dissuaded from uh, thinking that you've missed anything, uh, that's for sure. And and get amongst it. I mean, I was begging people last year <laughs> yeah. to, to, buy, to buy up what they could. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to a second season of What's Not Priced In. I uh, wish everyone a happy new year. Obviously, new year, uh, new season, but same old market, same old me. Although we do have a new guest. Greg obviously isn't here today. He will join us later next week. But we are rejoined by the esteemable Callum Newman. Callum, welcome back to the show. Uh, what's the show called again? What's not priced yeah. in, Kirill? <laughs> <laughs> now, famously, last time we had you on the show was late November last year, and you famously said that you don't give a toss about the equity risk premium, and I think quite a lot of viewers liked your honesty. Yes. And you're straight talking, so we'll, uh, we'll have you join us here today and talk about small caps and your outlook for the year ahead. Okay. Uh, well... Obviously, it's the start of the new year, so I thought maybe we could ask you how you thought 2023 went and just maybe give your brief thoughts on the year that was and how was it for you? Were you surprised by 2023? Was it something you expected it or was, did it take you through the ringer? Were you, did you come out unscathed? <laughs> Not unscathed. Um, it was a bizarre year. Mm. Uh, it's hard to describe, but 85% of it was just... Nothing. A drag, <laughs> yeah, a real drag, uh, because it was really tight and difficult. Mm -hmm. I remember Mark went down in March, and I'd done. You might remember I sent you that document actually. All the reasons why the markets should go up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Lo and behold, U.S. Nasdaq up forty percent. The S and P, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, rips up twenty five percent in the end. But the Aussie market just couldn't kick into gear. Mm -hmm. And the time we did the last podcast, we were like, "Oh man, is this ever going to end? Like this is." Uh, so tedious kind mm -hmm. of thing. And in December, of course, we got a big rally and it sort of saved the Aussie market a little bit. Having said that, if you go back and look at the record of Australian small cap investigator and small mm -hmm. cap systems, so I'm the small cap sector uh, only with uh, those services. What was a difficult year for small caps? We actually came through pretty good. You'd mm -hmm. be pretty happy, um, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, obviously you have to ask the subscribers, of course, but... We, we got uh, quite a good um, result for, for both of them. Uh, so I was happy with that. But behind the scenes, it was a lot of like, oh, my God, is this ever going to get any better kind mm -hmm. of thing. So uh, on the whole, you yeah, want to look back, I'm, I'm happy with how it all went. Well, I think off air, just before we, we uh, started the, the broadcast, you, you did want me to mention that when you joined the show in late November, you did sort of say that you were positive and Absolutely. things were locking up. And then in December, obviously – the Aussie market responded, and uh, you you made a made a good call there. So, congrats. Well, it, I mean, you can get lucky sometimes in the sense. Well, I knew there was value there, mm -hmm. and I knew there was um, lots of opportunities. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. But uh, ironically enough, I remember I gave a an article to the guys just previous to all that when I said, "Look, back in two thousand eighteen, there was mm -hmm. a stock called Credible, right?" And I mm -hmm. really liked it. 
And it just it was just grinding along. And I, I said the story. I said for for ages I couldn't work out why yep. no one else would would go for it. And then suddenly, bang! One day, it just ripped up, and mm-hmm. eventually, Rupert Murdoch took it over. And there's been a bunch of stories like that mm-hmm. in December. Like suddenly, just it's like flicking a switch or something. And I think what happened was a lot of fund managers were holding back, yep. and they were they were they weren't sure whether the market would mm-hmm. dump again. And things got a bit hairy there by October November period. But as soon as they saw the market running, they, they had to get on board. So uh, happy days are here again. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, maybe I'll also ask you for a reflection. Me personally, one reflection that I had in 2023, um, I think um, maybe I've, I've diagnosed in myself and maybe I'm developing apathy to macroeconomic questions. I think I started this podcast with uh, earlier last year, you know, talking a lot about macroeconomic developments. I was, you know, scouring Reserve Bank statements and interviews and what's happening in the Fed. And I think um, this year, I mean, last year maybe it showed me that it doesn't really matter that much, especially if you are an investor that focuses on individual businesses. So at the end of the day, if all you care about is finding businesses that will be here in five years, 10 years time and you want them to be, you know, growing earnings. It doesn't really matter if what the yield curve is doing or what the interest rate path is. So I think maybe my big reflection for last year was macroeconomic stuff doesn't really matter that much. Well, but, I would say they do matter in one sense, but uh, it's like how do you trade that stuff yeah. kind of thing, right? So if you're trying to make a buck, mm-hmm. it's just usually ends up too hard. So what uh, was your big reflection on 2023? Uh, I don't know that I have a big uh, reflection other than to say I felt that we were in a difficult environment, but we would get through it. And mm-hmm. I, you had to sort of take the long view. I mean, a bit like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. If you were prepared to look two to three years yeah. out, you'd sort of go, well, you know, there's screaming bargains here. You've just got to, you've just got to go with it mm-hmm. kind of thing. The hard part is by that stage, everybody's sort of, Give, thrown in the towel a little yeah. bit, so <laughs> because this has gone on for a long time, you know, it had been two years where it has just been grinding along. But we're now at least looking a little bit more positive, and things are starting to shift again. So I think we're going back to a bit more, you know, inverted commas, normal type market, uh, and we see what throws up twenty twenty four. But it's never going to be a straight line, right, or yeah. easy kind of thing. So uh, we'll see. Um, well, you, you famously were described as Mr. Positive by by Greg, and I think maybe as the year unfolds this year, your positivity will be rewarded. And well, we've talked about 2023. I think now we'll obviously turn to 2024. Uh, maybe just generally before we get into any specific stocks or trends, um, what's your briefly? What's your outlook for 2024? Are you more positive about this year than last year? Yes. In terms of the Aussie market, mm-hmm. yes, because I think the shackles sort of come off the mm-hmm. Aussie market a, a little bit more. Um, I mean, I take a positive approach yep. <laughs> all the time because you go, I mean, even if you put it like this, even if the world, the the fundamentals are there for the mm-hmm. stock market to, to to go up. I mean, presuming we don't know what wild cards are, yep. are going to happen or how it will all play out. Uh, but it it could be volatile kind of thing. Obviously, we're talking about interest rates and their effect. So that's obviously going to keep pulling and pushing yeah. on on things. So it does depend a little bit on are you investing, trying to trade momentum, you know, mm-hmm. short term, long term, what have you. So, but overall, yeah, by the end of if we sit here 
2025, I'd expect the market to be up. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we'll turn to a recent article you wrote, I think it was in, in December of last year, where you sort of outlined some seven predictions. Obviously, you stuck in that cat and you admitted it. And you, you did so, sort of quote Ken Fisher, who said, the stock market is the great humiliator. And hopefully, yeah. that won't be proven true in your case. <laughs> But I, so you mentioned seven predictions, but I'll, I'll focus on maybe on three or four and just get your thoughts on it. I think the one interesting one, and I talked about macroeconomics and, and this one relates to that. You said that the Fed, in your view, might actually cut earlier than the market thinks. And do you still hold that view today? Because I think in recent weeks, the market has sort of shifted its bets and uh, does think that given where inflation is at the moment, it's proving a bit stickier. I think they're unwinding their bets that um, central banks will cut earlier. But well, it's funny you in? mentioned the, the yield curve before because mm. that idea sprang from the notion that they were going to mm. try and get it positive again mm. to help the banking sector again. Uh, look, that I threw that was a prediction that might happen. I, mm -hmm. Again, it's it's a tricky one to to try and monetize or yep. or see what happens. But the bond market. It's been shifting a lot. One minute they go, oh, no, mm. we're going to cut here. No, 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 we're going to push it out kind of thing. So it's very data dependent and all that type of thing. But I do think the Fed is going to try and manipulate things to get the yield curve positive. So I would assume that that means they have to, to cut. But we'll see what happens. It's yeah. one you sort of got to just watch that one. Yeah, watch the space. And just as a related question, as a small caps guy, as a small caps investor, how much should you know those type of investors care what – the Fed is doing? Will it matter a lot for the small cap sector if the Fed does come out and cut earlier than expected? Well, that's sort of put a fire I think it would that. actually, because remember, the small caps have been down in the dumps yep. for a while, and that hasn't really been driven by the companies themselves. Oddly enough, it has been a very macro-driven market, mm -hmm. and the, the pressure on the small cap sector has come from the higher rates and, mm -hmm. and that type of thing. So if if the Fed was to cut, it would be like, you know, risk on is back and, and small caps love that sort of thing. But again, that's a broad brushstroke. Yeah. You've still got to find the companies that are doing good things mm -hmm. and the market wants to chase kind of thing. But it would help take the shackles off a bit because it's still, it's not, it's hard mm -hmm. to describe. But if you're around in 2021 when the small mm -hmm. cap sector was going absolutely bananas, yeah. it's not like that now. It's, it's just sort of warming up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I take that as a positive because it tells me there's, is months to run. Yeah. And I think we were sort of talking about off camera. Um, I think this year, there's just going to be a lot of opportunities because obviously we've come from 2023 and nothing really happened and small caps are a bit depressed. So this is year, really the year for a good savvy small cap stock picker to pick out individuals, small caps. So we'll move on to- and I should just point yep. out, by the way, that yep. this, the whole thing doesn't end in 2025, yep. right? So if you're buying for two or three exactly. years ahead, right, you're trying to build for the- the uplift yep. ahead. Yep. And I think we'll move on to the next one, which was that you made the prediction that Aussie stocks will hit an all-time high. Yes, that actually wasn't very brave because by the, by the <laughs> yeah. time I wrote yeah. that, yeah. or when I wrote it, they were a bit further away mm -hmm. than by the time I went out. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely, I, I do think they, they will smash through fairly soon. Yeah. Yep. And well, you're obviously a small caps expert. Do you think small caps will outperform the, the biggest stocks, the big fish in town? I do actually, because the top 50 as such has already rallied so hard. Yeah. Um, and iron ore stocks as well, especially. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. So I don't 100% sure that they can keep out muscling the, the smaller ones. So I would lean towards the mm. small stocks. Yeah. Yeah. I think Greg always likes to mention, you know, you have to look at the risk reward ratio and how much upside there is. 
and how much downside. I'm, I'm guessing with the, the biggest stocks in town, there's already quite a lot of upside priced in yes. versus the small cap. So yes. comparatively, the small caps look attractive there. Interestingly, you also mentioned Bitcoin and gold in your prediction. And obviously, we're recording it today on a Thursday. And that's the day that the US SEC finally approved Bitcoin ETFs. And you did say that Bitcoin and gold might attack all-time highs. And given that the SEC approved the ETFs, that might prove true. True. I mean, I do wonder how much of that yep. ETF is priced in. I mean, Bitcoin's mm -hmm. had a big rally. Uh, but overall, the gold and Bitcoin are related, right? So. If liquidity is increasing, as it looks like it is, then I would assume those markets mm -hmm. are going to keep soaking up some of the extra credit and what have you. Uh, again, gold's not that far away anyway, but mm -hmm. um, and Greg did some good research on, mm -hmm. on why it could keep rallying up. Having said that, the Aussie gold stocks are a bit lackluster at the moment, mm -hmm. so the market's not confirming that yet. Uh, Bitcoin's looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, so... I do wonder though, Bitcoin, it's like if you look at the chart, it's mm -hmm. been a pretty smooth ride up actually, yep. right? <laughs> so I do wonder if it'll get a bit more volatile at some point, but um, I'm riding along for the moment happily. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, actually, I was actually going to ask you some questions about Bitcoin. Do you do you follow it quite a lot? Is it something that's in, you know, in your portfolio, just sort of on your watch list? No, no, I, I got it in my uh, super fund and, mm -hmm. and thereabouts. So. I must admit, last year, also even previous to that, mm -hmm. I just started buying it uh, when it was down in the dumps on the assumption yep. that it would have another mm -hmm. upcycle run. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't make any attempt to time it. Or mm -hmm. And oddly enough, I thought, you know what, I'm not even going to follow it. I just decided <laughs> just what I was going to yep. put into it, and I did. And oddly enough, it's worked out well <laughs> <laughs> yep. in hindsight. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, definitely have an allocation to Bitcoin mm -hmm. and uh, going to hold it indefinitely for the moment. Yep. Uh, well, I think some investors may have a question about the ETF because it's obviously been a big deal in the media. But I guess the question is, how much does that really influence the Bitcoin price? Obviously, um, it was largely expected that the ETFs will be approved. So the question is, how much of it is already reflected in the price? And then the other question is obviously, uh, long term or near term, how much does the existence of these ETFs and the institutional support, how much of that will affect the price long term or is yeah. it immaterial? I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, yeah. no, it definitely does help validate it. I mean, I've got a mate who's older. He's mm -hmm. turned 60 this week, in fact, mm -hmm. and he's still like, oh, wow, you know, it's great for Russian terrorists and all this <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. Uh, so anything that can facilitate more money to flow mm -hmm. into the market, I think is a good thing, yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I think for for years, pe people like your friend have um, maybe characterized Bitcoin is a fringe asset, so maybe now that BlackRock is involved in other ETF um, providers, it gives it a bit of credibility in the mainstream, and so we'll, we'll see what Absolutely, that does yeah. to the price. Um, well, I think we've mentioned uh, small caps before, but you also said that REITs, retail, um, uh, real estate uh, investment <laughs> trust, yeah. will, um, will also overperform in 2024. What do you think of that? Yeah. Um, so again, just been bashed up for two mm -hmm. years, uh, absolutely flogged. But fundamentally, a lot of them are actually going okay. Yeah. Like with when I say that, they're rising rents and mm -hmm. um, they've got a higher cost of debt, mm -hmm. etc. But uh, that's what well, I sh believe is priced mm -hmm. into them now. And you have this disconnect where. The, the REITs are saying, well, our assets are worth this and mm -hmm. the market's saying it's worth that mm -hmm. sort of kind of thing. 
Um, I think that'll close up. If we get rate cuts, that'll take some mm. of the pressure off their off their debt costs, et cetera. Um, and I have a strong feeling a lot of the fund managers will, mm. will be digging around there looking for value and, and that type of thing. And they've started to move up since the – because they got driven down into around that October yep. – October low, they've they've started to rally up, and a long time ago I went over a whole bunch of REIT stuff, and people they're always pasted as like these bond mm-hmm. proxies, right? It's like mm-hmm. why would you yeah. get this when you can get this from a bond kind of thing? But it, it, it's not true because they're not inactive. They mm-hmm. they do refurbish their yep. um, things, they buy and sell, they do all sorts of things. So it kind of depends what they're up to. But um, like Center Group, for example, vicinity. Some of the retail ones are, are still below their mm-hmm. uh, highs from pre-COVID, right? Yeah. So, and yet they've got more people going through there mm-hmm. than they ever have, and so there's actually good upside in some of those. But again, they're slow burning, kind of uh, dividend more of a paying. contrarian type of play. Well, I mean, you could call. I was thinking more though. If you're out out for a fast buck, you're not going to you know <laughs> yeah. get a quick ride on you know vicinity centres. It's, but not, it's not really a sexy sector like AI. No, but <laughs> if you've got a reasonable big portfolio mm-hmm. and you want stability and mm-hmm. cash flow, well, they're still looking pretty good to me. Yeah, and I think uh, Greg has also been um, talking about REITs quite a lot as well in the last few months as something that's undervalued. But we've sort of I just mentioned contrarian stocks, and I wanted maybe to get your views on some stocks that were really bad losers last year that you may think can um, come back in this year. Um, so I think I, I wrote about this last in December. Uh, so here were the worst performing stocks of 2023. And I just maybe wanted to get your thoughts whether you think those stocks can rebound or whether they'll just Okay, if I know about them, yeah. All right, all right. I think you'll probably know most of these ones. <laughs> They're not mine, are they? <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut it out. <laughs> All right, so the worst performing one was Lake Resources. It was down 82%. Uh, lithium developer? Yep, lithium Lithium features pretty prominently in this list. Then we've got 29 metals. Uh, Brainship was the third worst performer. Then we've got Graphite, uh, Syro Resources. Then we've got Chalice Mining, Star Entertainment, Core Lithium, Bound Coke and Coal, Miso Blast, and Sayona Mining. So well, as... You alluded to there. They're all sort of specy miners yeah. as yeah. such. That was a it was a terrible year uh, for those kind of stocks mm-hmm. last year. And in fact, one of the best things I ever did was largely avoid those, <laughs> except for one that took me. Got, I got burned on one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I know enough to be confident that they'll all come back. So, but but um, a broad brush of that is like, is lithium going to come back? Kind mm-hmm. of thing. I would say yes. So that would be a sector. Well, I am watching it. Mm. Um, so you are watching the lithium sector for value to sort of go Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen anytime mm. soon, actually. But if we get to, say, the middle of the year and they're mm. sort of starting to base out, mm. one thing, if you can't, well, well, you asked about what did I learn from 2023, you could sort of say, like, that's the kind of sector where you watch and wait for it to go sideways mm-hmm. and then you see if, you know, they're being accumulated yep. and if there's something to start breaking them out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, brain chip. 
Uh, it's funny you mention it. I remember looking at that a few years ago, actually, and all I saw was this hazy tech yep. um, that has swallowed gargantuan amounts of capital yep. without ever reducing revenue. And then it had a big rally or whatever, yep. I think, which was in the boom of 21, yep. which you could pretty much throw a dart and everything was going. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that one's gone down again. Whether it can come back, I have no idea, but I wouldn't be confident to have a lash at it right now. Yeah, And it was interesting because I think they were, especially in recent years, really uh, – uh, talking up their AI adjacent technology, AI sure technology. Are. And it's interesting because the market hasn't really responded. Uh, well, it may eventually. Long. I mean, I don't want to be totally dismissed because I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. But it's, as far as I know, again, over the last few years, any company that doesn't make money has yeah. generally struggled. Yeah. Um, so it's still a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. So I tend to steer towards the ones with cash flow mm-hmm. at the moment. That real specky stuff that just flies up on stories and themes and mm-hmm. it's not really happening yeah and what about star entertainment i don't know enough about but that's the casino yeah. right that they're in yeah. trouble kind of thing yeah lots of scandals uh, lots of license uh, issues yeah. i mean eventually if they hold their license mm-hmm. you would assume it would it'd come good but that's very much a value yeah. kind of proposition i don't know i generally don't get caught up mm-hmm. and it's way down off its all-time mm-hmm. highs and yeah. generally I'd, I'd go with something a bit more mm-hmm. uh, exciting than that one <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, your exciting stocks, I think you did mention that one stock that you're sort of looking at on your watch list is a non-bank lender. And you're just sort of looking at it as to non-bank lenders as a whole uh, to maybe rebound in 2024, but you've identified Resimec in particular. So yeah, just- that's a recommendation from Australian Small Cap yep. Investigator. Absolutely. I, sh- I should put a caveat on that, that I did a presentation to you mm-hmm. guys with a similar idea last mm-hmm. year. And the assumption behind those, was, again, that they'd been hammered mm-hmm. in the previous year, but property, I made the pitch last early mm-hmm. last year that property would surprise everyone with its resilience, mm-hmm. right? And I thought that that would help them recover, mm-hmm. and it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason, or one of the reasons, was that the big banks were pinching their customers mm-hmm. because they have this preferential funding from the yeah. RBA, which is, rolling, which is now within six months of rolling off. Um, but also over the last year, car sales mm-hmm. held very strong. So a lot of those non-banks have an angle into that mm-hmm. as well. So I just see them as very, well, in the case of Resimac and Pepper Money, Liberty, mm-hmm. they're very established businesses, very mm-hmm. profitable. Uh, and I feel that if you're prepared to be patient and wait, mm-hmm. um, it may not, it didn't definitely didn't happen last year, <laughs> but it may happen in the next two years that um, you can bank a dividend and, mm-hmm. and get a good look because... Property is going up again. Mm-hmm. Investors are drawn to it because of the rents. Mm-hmm. Credit's still positive. They mm-hmm. and they still have a niche of people who aren't regular bank borrowers, what they call non-prime. Um, so I I do think it's a good proposition, adjusted for risk and all that mm-hmm. type of thing. But again, they don't have a lot of liquidity. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a general rule of thumb, most Aussie investors don't seem to be attracted to that sector. It's it's never really – I did in 2021 a little bit, but, yeah, we'd probably have to see property really heat up before, for them to sort of go into a big specky run. But it's mm. fundamental, strong businesses. I like them, yeah. yeah. Well, why why do you think the, the Aussie investors aren't really interested in those particular stocks? Oh, why, why would you buy a real business <laughs> when you can speculate on lithium? I mean <laughs> – well, look what happened to those who speculated on lithium, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where 
I mean, the market drives you nuts sometimes because mm-hmm. you're like, again, like with brain chip there, you go, mm-hmm. doesn't make any money, but it mm-hmm. went on that massive rally. And then you get a stock like Resimac that mm-hmm. banked probably 50 million and, and went down. <laughs> That's the way it works sometimes. Yeah. So um, I know, I just don't think the, perhaps the, because it's a, it's just probably a bit obscure, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe they're also on the smaller end of town and people who, care about the small caps they're sort of looking for big growers who can just maybe grow their absolutely yeah. like 10x that's probably why people chose in the fintech space more of the buy now pay later yeah. all those years ago yeah. and it How's worked for work a while and then it didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so, so i mean i do again with a bias towards cash flow i mean yeah. as i say they're profitable businesses so and they're on like five or six times earnings so it's not a not a big risk in my view yeah so are you looking for is there is there a catalyst that you would think would send resume higher or some re-rating event or just more of a slow well, let's emergence of value? See how they go at their half year report. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of their, I mean, one thing holding them back now is their 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 revenue uh, growth is not there, right? Because they're losing to the yeah. to the big banks, so they need to start winning business back. Um, so we'll need to see that go, and then that funding rolls off for the banks. So mm-hmm. that just it makes the non-banks a little bit more competitive than they were. And then if we see property and credit growth maybe lift a little bit, well, then it starts to mm-hmm. give them better prospects kind of thing. Um, so we just have to see. So, again, it's if you're looking for the fast buck, I don't know if it's going to happen, but if you're prepared to wait mm-hmm. 12 to 24 months, it could be really interesting. Yeah. Now, I, I have to ask you this question because it's obviously it, – oh, sorry – it dominated 2023. It will probably dominate 2024, and I'm talking about AI. Um, obviously, even for stocks like Resimac, they're probably um, adopting AI technologies, all of their learning lending. Sure, they are. Um, so, and I think I asked you this last last year as well. But is are you making AI a big focus for your research in 2024? Do you think maybe it's now? Do you think the AI trade will work in 24 as well as it did last year? Well, it worked in America. I don't yeah. know that you could say it really worked here yeah. as such. Uh, oh, I guess with the data centers, it did a little bit. But it's 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 hard to get a direct mm-hmm. lock on it here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you do – I mean, one thing we were joshing about lithium before, you do have to be aware about what's on people's minds. So mm-hmm. if people think AI is a thing, then yeah. they'll probably chase it mm-hmm. um, in some way or another. So. Now, so you have, that, that can be that, a trap because companies yeah. then start playing to that and they're yeah. like, oh, where, AI, this, and you go, oh, oh really? Um, but no, it, I mean, I know Kogan, for example, came out and said, look, some of their stuff, um, they're using AI for mm-hmm. customer service and yeah. maybe Temple and with did the same thing as well. inventory yeah. management and all that type of thing. So those are legitimate business mm-hmm. use cases, yeah. right? So, But the question is like, okay, how much does it really affect their bottom mm-hmm. line and margins and all that sort of stuff? Um, now, oddly enough, we did do an AI issue for Small Cap Investigator, mm-hmm. and I, I gave them three ideas. They were aggressive, and I, was, mm-hmm. I put the caveat on them that, you know, I was trying to, I was, I was hunting this idea that AI would catch the eye of the head, yeah. right? And two of them didn't really work, but one is working, and it's mm-hmm. called Newix, mm-hmm. and that's that's doubled now. Yeah. Um, but that is a probably one of the most direct ways to play AI in mm-hmm. Australia because it. Um, its whole business is data and <laughs> yeah. analyzing it and using it to make predictions kind of thing. So that one's still looking interesting, but I'll put a caveat on it. It's got legal mm-hmm. issues and thus far the market is going with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, 
last year when we did that, it it again had been hammered to the floor. <laughs> so there's just a lot of stocks out there that have, have been through very tough times and you almost got to say, well, it can't get any worse. Yep. <laughs> and then they can rise, they can rise again. So, um, yeah, so I'm starting to dig around with the mm-hmm. uh, different companies that have some relation to AI. Mm-hmm. So it will be a focus this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think the big thing, the big uncertainty is, I think you have alluded to as well, the the benefits of AI are a bit diffuse. You're not really sure um, who will benefit or how, for example, companies can sort of adopt AI capabilities in some like customer service, but you're not exactly sure how much will that affect the the bottom line and how materials it is it going to raise return on equity, 2%, 1%, 0.5%. It, it's, it's unclear at this Well, stage. let me give you another example yep. of that, right? I just wrote about this. It's about the nickel market, which yep. might sound surprising, but... Everyone talked about nickel in relation mm-hmm. to batteries, right, and yeah. electric cars and yeah. all that. Yeah. But 98, or well, I'm pretty sure it's 98%, of demand for nickel is from stainless steel. Mm-hmm. So it's all very well to go on how exciting it is, mm-hmm. but that was 2% of the nickel market. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about the other 98%? So you do have to say how big is this factor yeah. in this particular thing. So, But we just have to see. Yeah, and I think that, that will be – I think that's going to be one of the most interesting things for me personally is – uh, obviously, a lot of people think AI is the next big thing, and in a lot of ways, it is. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what businesses adopt it and how much it actually impacts their bottom line. And I think maybe another thing I wanted to ask is, you know, how should investors even approach the AI space? Because you and I don't have computer science degrees; we're, I guess, novices in that sense. So, absolutely. Um, for us, it's hard to sort of understand all the intricacies of AI and how companies are going to use it and what the technology is. Well, I think is. it's hard for everybody, but yeah. at least with the US one, you had like direct, like Tesla would go, okay, yeah. we have all this data mm-hmm. and we're going to start running the algos mm-hmm. to, you know, make the cars better. And, yeah, well, yeah, I get that. I go along with that. As it, the, Again, the problem in Australia, it's, it's not clear yet what companies yeah. really have a strong lock on how this is going to make their business better. Yeah, I think we've got that big data center company. Yeah, you got like the, the hardware yeah. plays, like semiconductor, the semiconductor thing. So we bit nano, you know, yeah. theoretically could be an idea around that. But again, the market's not going with it for the moment. Yeah. And I think that for Australian investors, that may be a bit of a limiting factor because in America, a lot of stocks are in the AI space. Obviously, they've got the mega cap stocks that they can invest in as well in Australia. Yeah, because it all costs a fortune yeah. too, by the way. All the- <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Australia, it's qu- it's quite limited. So, unfortunately, this, yeah. if you... And we should just say, look, that's a thematic and that and that's yeah. great. But don't forget that sometime, again, last year, mm-hmm. something as dull and as boring as in December, if you were on Fortescue Metals, yeah. you got a ripping ride. Mm-hmm. So as exciting as AI sounds, mm-hmm. it can, you can get a great return, stock return, mm-hmm. from something as dull as iron ore. Yeah. And I think that was a, a famous book by Edward Chancellor, so Capital Returns, and you sort of said it's it's harder to make money where in sectors where all of the capital flows and you sort of have to focus on where the capital isn't in at the moment. And I think with AI... Everyone is thinking of, of AI. All of the news articles are about AI. Venture capital is probably turning their eye to AI. So there's a lot of money there. It's very competitive. It's harder maybe to eke out alpha, as the term goes. But, so. I mean, you mentioned alluded to resume before. Now, mm-hmm. a bank a bank, or a mortgage lender or a bank, mm-hmm. the banks will be doing it, right? Yep. Their, their job is to work out their credit risk, right? Mm-hmm. So algorithms, artificial intelligence can help with that. So that, to me, is a logical mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can... 
sack a bunch of born people and it goes to the bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, your colleague Murray Dawes, he, he wrote yesterday about this very thing that you know, he sort of said, he wrote of, that one of his friends got let, let go and he did, the friend yes. does think that it was because of AI and sort of Murray mused that, you know, what will well, happen if companies- Productivity, efficiency, yeah, yeah higher yeah. profits. Yeah. Again, this is why you got to be positive. Like there's, <laughs> there are good things happening out there and- I mean, people can focus on the negative of the lost job, right? Mm -hmm. But it does, it should make companies more productive. Mining companies, mm -hmm. analyzing their uh, results and all that mm -hmm. uh, stuff or, you know, where they drill and all this kind of thing. So yep. it is exciting, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, a big part of it is, you know, AI will make predictions cheaper and easier and more abundant. And that's a, a, a big book that I sort of just I lent from you and I gave, gave it to you today and <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's called a prediction Give machines. My book back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> prediction machines for anyone who wants to read it. I think it's yeah, made, making the point that with AI predictions are going to become much more cheaper and that's going to actually have transformative effects for maybe yeah, mining or banking. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. But enough talking from me. I think you've you've sort of wanted to share maybe five interesting small cap ideas for the readers for 2024. And oh, well, what you, are sorry, every month with the mm -hmm. Australian Small Cap Investigator, I do a top five to buy because we have a list of stocks, yep. right? And it just helps narrow them down a little bit. And so if I see something that's coming up pretty good. So uh, do you really want me to give all five? Well, a special treat on the show all today. Right, so, let's start with three. Let's start with three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind. So we did one last time. So yep. MGX was the mm -hmm. Mount, Mount Gibson one. I still like that one. It didn't really rally. So... The big rally in the the big iron ore miners mm -hmm. took up BHP, Rio, mm -hmm. uh, Fortescue very well. The smaller ones that produced didn't quite fire, which MGX is one of them, mm -hmm. in the same way. It was making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, so, again, it's there's a risk because it's single operation. But yeah. um, when they come out with their next set of results, I'd expect their mm -hmm. cash balance to be uh, up a lot. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. That still looks good, adjusted for risk. On the assumption iron ore holds mm -hmm. up, but at the moment it's still 130-something. Mm -hmm. That's very good margins. Uh, that was one. Uh, Resimac, which yeah. I like. So, again, you got to be patient, but there's been a – so to describe the situation, November last year, Resimac was grinding along mm -hmm. at like 80 cents with very few shares traded every day. <laughs> uh, there's been a bit of volume come into it, mm -hmm. and I think um, you're getting a look there at a very cheap business yeah. that has good upside, but it doesn't – uh, again, you, it's not going to take off tomorrow, I don't think. But, yeah, by February, we'll know it's half-year results yep. and we'll see what the market thinks of that. Um, the risk, of course, if something the market doesn't like with mm -hmm. those low-liquid stocks, they can go against you badly. Mm -hmm. um, Parenti is a mining service company mm -hmm. that I like. They've got, unfortunately, caught up a little bit in the the recent uh, issues around a mine called, uh, mm -hmm. mining company called Panoramic. Mm -hmm. But I don't think – short term, it's – a They've lost a contract kind of thing. But the outlook for mining is really bullish and I expect that sector to do well. Mm -hmm. So, again, that's a bigger stock but yeah. a, a sturdy kind of beast but looking good for the next couple of years. One uh, exciting specy is um, – I'm trying to think of my other one. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. The name's dropped out. What was my other one? Avida. Avida. God, did you, I was just telling you about the announcement. Thing. It's, <laughs> sorry. It's just a – in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, Avita came out with a really good announcement this morning. It's up, what, 12% today? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, primarily US-based, mm -hmm. and they're busting into the US healthcare system, but its revenue growth is very high. Mm -hmm. So it's speculative but, uh, because they're not profitable yet, mm -hmm. but they've got a 
big growth market ahead of them. And mm -hmm. if they can monetize it, it could be a real flyer. Mm -hmm. So healthcare, that one, again, sort of had a bit of a rally all in the year, sort of yeah. sold down. They slightly shifted the goalposts on us. But mm -hmm. when I saw that, I sort of said to go, oh, yeah, I said why they should jump on it. Mm -hmm. And thus far it's worked. So it's 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 on the move. Mm -hmm. So interesting one to follow. And Woods. I, it came to me. I, <laughs> I didn't mean that problem. <laughs> um, last year, Perth property did did particularly well, and it's particularly bullish over there. Mm -hmm. The rents are very good. Basic case is a it's cheaper over there, mm -hmm. and b they're all making so much money with all the mining going on, and all the profits flowing through there. So Perth is doing really well now. I followed Cedar Woods Properties, yeah. which is a builder developer, uh, for a long time. Um, I think I, this is the third time I've recommended it actually, um, and it hasn't let me down yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, 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 I know for a fact that they were buying WA land in 2019, which at the time WA was in the dumps mm -hmm. and had been for ages. Yep. So anyway, they've locked up uh, heaps of land in mm -hmm. WA. They have a presence in Queensland and Victoria as well. Uh, big order book, mm -hmm. um, again, bashed up in the last few years, but a very quality company. Mm -hmm. Think of the immigration, mm -hmm. um, pressuring the real estate. They'll yeah. be able to sell into that for the next couple of years. So, again, a bit more of a conservative idea, but, again, if you're happy to just tuck it away, bank mm -hmm. the dividend a couple of years, I think you're going to be happy. So a lot of the ones I've given you there, I've, I've yes. done that because <laughs> – sorry, I was just trying to how to phrase it. I think I told you this last time. I like to look down before I look up, right? So I like to have companies that are that are solid or, or bashed up enough mm -hmm. that uh, I don't think they're going to rip out. So you don't underneath. start from, for example, thematics or sectors or industries? Well, I can, but I don't want to get ripped out. Yep. Uh, I don't want to have the floor ripped out for me because small caps can be very volatile and when it goes wrong, it goes very wrong. Uh, now, that can be fine if you position size for that and mm -hmm. you go, well, I've just smoked 80%, but that's okay because it was only you know 1% of my portfolio company. Um, but generally speaking, it's less stressful and because yep. remember, human psychology, we don't like losing money and we don't we like it and we like making money. <laughs> well, yeah, we, but we 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 hate losing money more than we like making yep. money. Um, all that type of stuff. So anyway, those ones I think have very those five ideas have very, very solid fundamentals. And now it's just a case, do they execute? Does the market go with it? Um, and how far can they run if they do run? Mm -hmm. And for 2024, you've mentioned that you sort of like to look down before you look up. So in the, the stocks that you're researching at the moment, are they are you researching them based on you know stock screeners or business fundamentals? Or are you also maybe screening for certain industry events or industry outlook? No, I mean, I, there's, um, you know, what's the thing with the mouse and the thing? So... <laughs> uh, you know, the mouse and the ball of string, like he okay, wants yeah, to play yeah. with it yep, even yep. though he kind of shouldn't or whatever. So mining juniors are interesting because mm -hmm. they have been, all been hammered. But as I said before, when, when they go wrong, they really go wrong. Uh, lithium is one, so yeah. I'm watching. So again, with that one, you go, okay, well, I mean, on a personal level, the I uh, follow Pilbara Minerals, right? Because yeah. it's like, okay, that's the, the flagship mm -hmm. The mothership, if you like. So, if that's going to base out, um, it's very cash generative when it's when things are going well. So, but that's out of my sector, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, I probably need to see the the bigger stocks lead the smaller yeah. ones up. So, so that's chewing away in the background. AI related mm -hmm. stuff, yes. 
Uh, retail is interesting mm-hmm. because again, it's been smashed up, but I just don't know whether they'll be exciting enough for for the subscribers because mm-hmm. it might be a solid buy if you're a value kind mm-hmm. of guy. But I just don't know if the growth will be big. Although enough there for- are some some stocks in that retail sector that did capture investors' imagination. I think Satire was one. Levi's yes, was another, I think. Yes. Levi's is a bit big now. Yeah, think, yeah. yeah. But I think with, with Satire, it was always a, a stock that would go on wild rungs. Yeah, it did have another wild yeah. run. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and Temple would have yeah. another big one. So you can make a bucket of retail. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, there's the things just rattling around in my brain. Uh, the REIT sector, there isn't a heap of small stuff mm-hmm. there, but we do have one, two REITs on the, uh, one active buy on, the, mm-hmm. on a REIT. So... Again, it depends what level of risk and mm-hmm. et cetera uh, mm-hmm. people want. But um, no, I just follow a, bun- a lot of different names and and try to uh, get a sense of where they're at and, mm-hmm. and, and sort of dig into them from there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think obviously since it's the new year, we're, we're all in a ruminative, ruminative mood. We you know, sort of reflect, think ahead, make goals. Um, did you wake up on New Year's Day feeling positive about the year ahead, or were you? Well, I'm Mister Positive, of course. Yeah. So your positive positivity hasn't waned, and it's also no, only increased. No, I'm very positive. And um, remember, context: last few years have been pretty be- yeah. grindy. Mm-hmm. As again, the results have been fine, but the the overall day to day was mm-hmm. a bit grindy. But the thing you can definitely see things starting to improve and. As I say, the market's not even that far off its all-time highs. How bad can it be, right? (laughs) Um, And I think there's going to be lots of opportunity, but it's just a matter of following things. And uh, We haven't even talked about 2S, mate. And my little um, one in Singapore, uh, that's still- That was your best performance stock of 2023. So for all the stuff I've just said about how difficult last year was, that Mm -hmm. stock is now up 160%. And that we got on that in March. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no reason it can't keep- Keep growing. So that's what I say. And again, with your macro issues, like you can waffle on about the Fed and I can go on about the yield curve. But if you own two assets, you don't care. You're loving life. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just got to find more businesses like that. <laughs> it's as easy as that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think with that, with that, we'll end the episode there. But it was great having you on again, Mr. Positivity. I feel more positive now having having spoken to you and obviously I hope the, the viewers do too. So maybe do you have any final words, any final positive remarks for investors going into 2024? Well, I would just say don't get caught up in predictions. That's mm-hmm. why I wrote my thing yesterday, yeah. right? So nobody knows what's going to yeah. happen this year. We don't know. But if you there is a lot of excellent risk versus reward mm-hmm. stocks out there still. Mm-hmm. Most of the rally, the big rally in December, was the big stocks, yep. especially the big iron ore stocks. Um, so those mid-tier ones and the the smaller, even to the market cap level, mm-hmm. there's heaps of opportunities. So don't be dissuaded from uh, thinking that you've missed anything. Uh, that's for sure. And and get amongst it. I mean, I was begging people last year <laughs> yeah. to to buy to buy up what they could. That speech I that we did with the fat tail thing. We went and looked at the results. I gave six stocks mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. A month or two later, they were up mm-hmm. 25% each. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's heaps of opportunity. And none of those stocks were particularly aggressive. In fact, GQG uh, <laughs> yes. is still going up. Yeah. Like it's all this value lying around on the floor. So yeah, get amongst it. That's what can I say?
Well, there you go. Get amongst it. Uh, be positive. There's lots of opportunities. Don't get despondent. Uh, stuff the equity risk premium, <laughs> <laughs> macro economic fluff, and just get amongst it. Absolutely. Um, get revved up. Absolutely. I mean, it's everyone's always. I mean, we have our compliance. Yeah. They <laughs> qualify everything, of course, but past performance is no guarantee of future mm-hmm. performance. But um, I mean, if there's one thing I've learned, there's always opportunity, and then it's just a question of. Are you prepared to be patient or you want to trade momentum or what do you want to do? But um, And with small cap systems, the algorithm mm-hmm. is picking up more momentum across the board. So generally speaking, things are positive. Mm-hmm. And yet just briefly, obviously, if, if people do want to hear more about your services, you've got obviously the Australian Small Caps Investigator and then you've got the Small Cap Systems. And maybe yes. just give, give a brief, why, what, what's the distinction between the two services? So Australian Small Cap Investigator, I'm looking at the, the mm-hmm. companies fundamentally and I yeah. make sure that they've got cash on the balance sheet, what they're doing. Um, and generally I guide an 18-month to two-year, even th- indefinite in a way. It's an investment. You mm-hmm. buy this, you're not trying to time it in the terms of like Murray Dawes with his mm-hmm. technical analysis and all that sort of stuff, saying this is a fundamentally an opportunity, mm-hmm. put it in your account, mm-hmm. we'll find out in two years whether I was right or not kind of thing. Um, and again, generally I've given them, um, established cash flowing businesses, generally speaking, but there's been a few speckies along the way. Um, and they've done, uh, some of those ones, uh, on the whole, it's, it's done well, even in a tough market for small mm-hmm. caps. Small cap systems is different where we have an algorithm that mm-hmm. scans the market for, for momentum for stocks that are moving mm-hmm. now. So we're less concerned with uh, fundamentally, you know, its balance sheet and yeah. all that sort of stuff and, and its outlook and just to say, look, this is moving now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, is, doesn't make sense. Yes, what the, you know, we have a, yep. an idea of, of course what it does, but uh, not to the same depth mm-hmm. as the other one. We can do more buys. So generally with Australian, mm-hmm. I do one recommendation with the issue yeah. per month. So small, small cap system, we have no uh, restrictions. So I did four on, mm-hmm. Tuesday when that one went out um, and we write it up for as long as the momentum yep. is there and when it goes away, we get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one's a trading service. Um, and again, in a difficult market, the guys, if they took all the trades, mm-hmm. made money. They're good money too, mm-hmm. like in the end. I think we did it, we did the results just before December. I think mm-hmm. it was like 20% up mm-hmm. across the thing. And by December, the it's got better and um yeah some of them are, are going and we've got a we do have scope to do the specky stuff so we've got a like the uranium one uh ripped up so that's mm. looking juicy as well so um yeah it just depends how aggressive how involved um you want to get references yeah yeah uh absolutely but start with the Australian small cap mm-hmm. investigator that's the introductory way of doing it mm-hmm. and if you want to get a little bit more involved you can move on up okay well, great. And obviously, you've mentioned the five stocks today. I will maybe get you on the show later in the year to see how they have performed. Maybe well, a six if they haven't review. done any well, I won't come. Right. <laughs> so if you don't see Callum Newman on the show this year, you know why. No, they're, they're good ideas. But let's clarify that everything's mm-hmm. risky and uh, volatile. And uh, the best thing to do is join the service if you are interested mm-hmm. in the ideas because you can follow my analysis and if because – 
if something went horribly wrong and I sell it, then obviously you're not going to know. But yeah. Uh, yeah, at the moment, there's some ideas to follow up for, for, for everybody. Awesome. Well, Callum, thank you very much and hopefully see, see you soon. Absolutely. See you later. Yeah! Bap, bap, bap.